Hello and welcome to the Landed Podcast. I'm John Montgomery, co-founder of Landed, a travel company specializing in tailor-made journeys throughout Latin America and the Antarctic. At Landed, we're devoted to exploring these regions, searching out exceptional experiences and locations for our clients. The Landed Podcast profiles some of our favorite places and brings you conversations with friends we've made along the way, explorers, artists, and visionaries. If you're a repeat listener, welcome back. If you're new to the show, thanks for joining us. Celine Freres knows the codes of Argentine country life. Growing up among the gauchos of the Pampas and the farmers of Corrientes, she has a deep appreciation for the customs and cultures of those who work the land. After traveling the world as a photographer, Argentina's magnetism drew her home. Since 2009, she's devoted her talents to celebrating her homeland's rural traditions and unknown wild places. Celine has published six exquisite books of photography. Each was years in the making. Her craftsmanship, dedication, and awareness radiate off the pages in astonishing images. These books are worlds away from the postcard-obvious pictographies of airport gift shops. Her collections are visual love letters, sonnets to the beauty and spirit of her beloved Argentina. Celine's sensibilities as an artist are matched by her passion for adventure and her skill as an interpreter. She explores Argentina's most remote corners, on horseback, by dirt road, and on snowshoes. Through genuine respect and patient observation, she earns the trust of her human subjects. We are the beneficiaries of the resulting insight, intimacy, and confidence. Although she has a home in the Pampas, Celine now lives in the Puna of Northwest Argentina, an otherworldly region of jungles, canyons, deserts, and salt flats. Her next work will be dedicated to the people and places of the Andean regions of Argentina, Bolivia, and Peru. Celine, thank you for talking with me today. Hello, John. My pleasure. Happy Saturday. Thank you for making some time to do this. You're someone that I've, I've, someone whose work I have admired for, for several years. Oh, thanks, John. Those are big words. So thanks a lot. It means a lot to me. Celine, you're, you're from, you're from Buenos Aires province. You, your childhood home, I think, is near Puente Castex, right? Uh, I was born in the city, in Buenos Aires city, but then I went to live uh, in a farm, in a family farm, till I started first grade. Yes, close, like a couple of hours away from capital city, but uh -huh. it was deep into the farm. It was like a dairy farm. A, a couple of dairy farms that my father managed for his family. So I grew up there in my early childhood. Are you, were you northwest of Buenos Aires? Were you near San Antonio de Areco? Yes, close to San Antonio de Areco. Uh -huh. It's clear from your work that you have a sort of a deep familiarity and respect for horses and cattle. Uh, yes. You're not afraid yes, to get we... up close while they're running. Yeah, well, I grew up there, and then all my summer holidays, uh, I did spend up uh, north, east in uh, Corrientes. I don't know if you know the wetlands. Yeah. Well, you've been all over, so uh, there that there are lots of cattle farms, 
pretty wild wetlands and streams and rivers. And so I used to spend my whole summers there. And the only um, law there was in, in, in my house, in my grandparents' house, because we were left with my grandparents most of the time, was that we couldn't be inside during the day. Uh-huh. So <laughs> we had no other option than when I was like pretty small, I I would yeah grumble and, and protest because of this. But then, yeah, like, what, what am I going to do? And my mother would say, like, you can do whatever you want. You're free. Like, just be in time for dinner. That's it. And then we started going out, horseback riding the whole day with the gauchos. And it's like my best memories of my childhood are in those moments, in those summer holidays. Uh, and they started giving us our duties, like you bring this lot, the cattle, or go and look in this, uh, in those woods, if you can see a few that are missing or stuff like that. And I would feel like important. Uh-huh. And, uh, it, it was, yeah, lovely. You were a, f- a free range child yeah pretty much we were yeah we were brought up like that and and when did you first pick up a camera how did you become interested in photography uh, when i was uh, nine i well i was in disney we went to disney uh, and i bought a mini mini mouse camera really <laughs> and yeah, so it's nothing to do with the farm and inland and stuff. <laughs> but since then, I used to yeah take photos, and then I grabbed my father's single lens reflex, and well, then from there on. But I see that that now you shoot with mostly Canon equipment, from what I can tell. Yes. Um, well, my father's uh, camera was a Canon, and. When I started, because um, I started first, in, well, in cinematography, like my my way to still photography. And when I started, I said, I want to do photography books. I want to go inland. I want to work on my own. No, like in cinematography, there's always lots of people and you're just one person in the whole chain of, well, I mean, it's a, it's a group. It's a... Um, so when I decided say, digital cameras were already like, were at the same level as film cameras at that point, like 15 years ago or 17 years ago. So, and Canon had, it was, yeah, with the color was a bit better than Nikon. They were the most uh, popular brands, you know, so. And so did your father teach you? Uh, well, yeah, a bit. My first steps he did, and then he did a, a course uh, in the, with the New York Institute of Photography, a dis- long distance course. Yeah. And then he, yeah, he transpassed it to me, like he, well, he, he made so that I could do it as well. And at that point in time, they would send you the like the magazine, the leaflets with the exercises mm. and then and cassettes. It seems like so long ago. <laughs> <laughs> and then I would have to submit my works and then it, they would send me back the, their feedback and their corrections. And yeah, I, I did it like that. So you have a certificate from the New York Institute of Photography, but you also study yeah. at the <laughs> Universidad del Cine in, in, in yes. BA, yeah? Yes. 
Um, was there any photographer that you have looked up to or admired or whose work has influenced you deeply? Uh, maybe like in, yeah, in bigger scale, I love also because of the thematics that they work with, uh, Steve McCurry and Salgado, if I would have to choose two, but there's so many. Yeah, for me, he's he's the top. Well, of course, I'm, I'm yeah, talking You're... about the two, my two top ones, but there are lots of other photographers that I admire as well. Well, you, you traveled all over the U.S. as well, right? You've lived in the United States for a couple of years? Yes. Well, I didn't travel all over the U.S. It's a pretty big country, <laughs> but I know a few places. It's a beautiful country. And I, at, at some point, I was a ski instructor, yes. <laughs> and then a mountain photographer and then I lived in Hawaii oh. for yeah for like almost a an year and um, yeah and then I traveled around and in New York for a few months as well you've I've seen that you've had you've had exhibitions in in London Madrid you know Italy Uruguay the Vatican France and the United States but there's there's one gallery in the United States in Palm Beach where your work is is displayed yes. permanently um yes in Palm Beach I do as I do lots of photos with horses and, and landscape and horses mostly Palm Beach there there's lots of polo playing and yeah. uh, well so yeah it's a bit related to to Just, that uh, scene. Yeah. No, they're not photo photos of polo, but yes, of horses and maybe white horses and yeah, and Patagonia horses, but related to, uh -huh. to horses and so, horsemen there. So in, in addition to living in the US, you, you've worked in Asia, Australia and Europe. What brought you back to Argentina? Um, well, at that point, I didn't want to stop traveling, but then I was a bit running out of money. <laughs> so um, I talked to, to my parents and thinking of maybe doing another season as a working in the U.S. as a ski instructor or, or something like that. But uh, I, I wanted to start building my future, like start doing what I, I saw my life. I, I mean, yeah, like building up uh, what I wanted to do for, for a lifetime. So always in your country, it's easier. I mean, you know people, you know the, the scene. Yeah. Uh, so it was easier for me to start uh, in my country. And, uh, but at that point, I wasn't, uh, I mean, I could have done it in Argentina or in another place if I had it as easy as back home but then uh, yeah with time I realized that uh, I, I love my country so and it's easier for me to do it here so and each time that I go traveling more and knowing more people the more uh, I fall in love with my country mm -hmm. I have fallen in love with your country also <laughs> so <laughs> uh, for your first book Colores de Corrientes that was published in 2009, yeah. you went back to the littoral region where your, it sounds like your family farm or one of your family's yes. farm was. Were you near the Paraná 
Yes. The, well, my grandparents uh, were from Belgium and they uh, immigrated to Argentina. And my grandfather fell in love with the weather that it's always sun and really hot. <laughs> so he just stayed there in the middle of the farm, like pretty wild <laughs> place. And um, so, so yes, they, they lived there in the farm and it's the farm where I used to go all my, my summer holidays. And my first, actually my first uh, professional work as in still photography was that book. Yeah. So uh. it was a theme that I was like, I was willing to portray that I was passionate about and that there was not much done about like, that province. So, yeah, I made a project. I went to tourism of Corrientes, uh, invented a bit of my background because I had no background <laughs> in still photography. Yes, in st cinematography, but not in still photography. And they told me, okay, let's go ahead. And I was like, what? <laughs> I didn't know like anything at all. I mean, I loved taking photos and I had a, done, a, was like, workshops and stuff but yeah like bring a book and yeah I had no idea I went learning on the way <laughs> and how long did you spend creating that book well uh, I spent like four months like like they are on the field without moving and then I did a few more trips yeah. um so it's not an adventure an obvious choice for a first photo book for Argentina. Most people would head to, I don't know, Santa, Santa Cruz or, or Misiones or something like that, but uh, Salta yes, Jujuy. Yes, because but... it's a more subtle beauty. Yeah. It's not like, but it wasn't like, it was a subject. I always, when people ask me for advice, like, how did you start? And, um, it was, I thought of a subject that I was passionate of because doing a book takes a lot of time. And if you're thinking in a financial reward, maybe the book is not the best choice. Like, mm -hmm. uh, but it's like doing a book, the time you spend is such a lovely project, but you have to be passionate on the subject. If not, it, it's hard to finish it. And um, so I thought, uh, yeah, on the subject. And I also thought oh, that, on a subject that wouldn't be done. Like, uh, for example, Paragonia, you have lots of books on Paragonia. You have lots of books of uh, maybe uh, Iguazú and uh, Misiones, but there was none of Corrientes. And also, like Corrientes, what I admire the most is the people, like such mm -hmm. happy people. And um, so you go, it's a beauty that goes unfolding. It's not an obvious beauty. So... Yes, that's why maybe it wasn't like done before and it was easier for me to do it and get support for doing it. The people make the place. They are what draw me back to the country over and over again and have sort of placed a claim on, on my happiness, on my heart, right? I can't be away for too long before I really miss it. Oh, that's nice. And that's how I feel. As I told you, I grew up and the gauchos in my family's farm, they were so nice. They took so much care because sometimes you tell people, no, I used to go out like the whole day, maybe sleep on the far end of the farm. I always go, went with my sister, uh, but I was so 
taken care of, like, and, um, and then when I started doing still photography that I went back to where I always loved, that is Argentina's inland. And yeah, meeting so many beautiful people and welcoming people. I always say that I love my country, like going out of the cities, I love Argentina. People are so welcoming and like so, I don't know, kind of spirit. Well, your, your sixth book, your new book, uh, Sentir a Reco, To Feel a Reco, um, that was published in 2022. That's about yeah. San Antonio de Areco, this, this town that was near your family's farm. I bought my first copy of Martin Fierro there at the, there's a uh, gaucho museum, <laughs> but you know, beyond the, the charm of the town, what drew you there? Is it that there's still so much real gaucho culture nearby? Yes. Um, well, because I moved like when I left, when I left the city and lived abroad for a few years and then I went back to Buenos Aires city and after a couple of years, I was done with the city. So I moved, well, I got married and we moved into a thoroughbred farm because my husband used to work and train thoroughbred horses. And it was an hour away from Buenos Aires city. And then it was, he had an accident and he died. So I became a widow and I had to leave the farm uh, because we used to rent that farm. So, and I didn't want to go back to the city again. So I thought, well, what about San Antonio Areco? But I didn't know any people or anything. It was just like an intuition. Mm. And then, so I decided to move to San Antonio Areco. And I remember the, the first night I spent there, like laughing at myself, thinking like, in what, when did I, did I decide San Antonio Areco? I don't know anybody and it's a pretty small town. But then I remember that the, the next morning waking up to the sound of the, uh, the, the hen, the, yeah. the, how do you say, the cocks, like yeah. singing in the morning and I drinking a mate. And it sounded like just in the being in the middle of the farm in my childhood and all the same noises and birds. And I was so certain that I had made the right choice. That like after what had happened to me, I didn't have much to lose also. So I remember people asking me so well, like, you know, people and, you know, and like me just laughing, like, no, I don't know anybody. I don't know. I just have a hunch that it's the right place. Oh, I love that. And so... That's a book I haven't been able to find yet. Um, my wife is she's going to to Buenos Aires uh, on Thursday, and I'm going to have her bring a few back that I've been looking for: Cielos Patagonicos, um, Tierra de Gauchos. You have a few that I need to collect still. Yeah, well, a few have run. I have sold out, and I always like doing new books instead of re-editing re uh, old ones. Mm -hmm. But I'll get you a, a couple of those that have sold out. Okay, <laughs> thank you. So so how much time did you spend in Oreco? I spent like five years. And then uh, my new uh, partner, he works up here in the Puna with lithium. Oh. Um, 
So uh, he's another wild soul as myself and, and San Antonio Arego wasn't <laughs> that wild for him. <laughs> so yeah, I moved up north and I really like it here also. I, I'm in the middle of the jungle. I mean of the jungle, like the northern jungle. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I, I think I can live in different places as long as I, I'm in the middle of nature and I can travel for my photos. I'm, I'm good. I'm happy. What, one thing about your photography that always impresses me is that you are able to gain the trust and the openness of the people. And that comes through in the portraits that you take. Yes. That takes a lot uh, of effort. Yes. Um, well, as I told you, I know the codes inland of my country. That's why it's also easier for me to move in my country. Uh, and also, um, I'm, I photograph what I admire. I love beauty. I love culture. I love nature. And when I, um, when I go close to people, especially people that are not used to photos or have never, some have never seen a camera or, um, or well, uh, and I go with that respect and admiration, and they perceive that. And then sometimes I'm a couple of days with the people without taking a photo. If I don't see that they are committed or that, that they trust mm-hmm. me, like yeah. I don't pick up my camera. And then once they do, it's like, yeah, I mean, you can do whatever you want with a camera. But before that, because that you can see that in the photo, you can. So, it all comes through. Like, yeah. yeah, that they can open and they can trust the camera and that they are not steady and like, um, yeah, not trusty. Their, their guard is down and that allows you to capture gestures, subtle emotions in your subjects. And that's, that's a real talent. That's, that's a connection that you formed with them. Yes, I, I feel that like it's obvious, but apparently it's not that obvious, like making connection with these people. Um, the respect comes through as well. Um, yes. And then sometimes like, because, well, you know, the world nowadays uh, that people, I don't know, all look forward to, I don't know, the US, the, the, the biggest cities, the biggest car. The... So people nowadays inland like feel maybe they're a bit less because they got less and they're in the middle of nowhere between inverted commas. Um, but <laughs> so when, when I come close to them, like with this admira- genuine admiration that I feel like because of their uh, simpleness, the simple life, the simple way of being, uh, their truthness, their honesty, and uh, and with admiration. So they uh, they open up. I mean, I, I never had a bad experience um, at all. I'm I, I'm very grateful, and um, and also once you gain their confidence, like. For example, sometimes with the gauchos, they get so on board that maybe like, wait, wait, I'll bring all the herd of horses <laughs> from the other farm and I call my neighbors and then you've got like 
40 couches and you say like, I, I won't be able to take a photo of each one of them. Like, how do I do? Like sometimes they commit so much or doing the book about Areco that also they have such pride in their culture yeah. that I would like, I would ask for, a, I don't know, a few gauchos that I wanted to do a photo in a certain local bar or something. And then maybe 20 would come and I'm like, they don't even fit in the, <laughs> in the place. And then they would come with their best horses. And like when you reach or when you come with that uh, respect, with that, um, I don't know, uh, wanting to portray their culture as it should be. And uh, people yeah, feel that and they, yeah, they come on board on the project. They, you're, you're, you're maybe best known for your images of Argentine cowboys of, of gauchos that must be a good it must be one of your best sellers yeah that has run out and people ask for it and then but then i made tierra dentro that it's gauchos oh. and other people also yeah i i don't like repeating myself i like doing but maybe yeah i don't know one day i i, <laughs> I re-edit but uh, i'd rather do a new book a new subject Tierra Adentro, this is my latest acquisition. <laughs> and I think that was shot all over the place. It's in the Puna of Salta and maybe Jujuy in the northwest where you are now. It's up yeah. and down Route, Ruta Cuarenta in Patagonia. And you're in the Cuyo. You're in the, the mountainous wine-producing regions around Mendoza and, and abutting the Andes. And you're in the Yera region of the Northeast too, right? Yes. There's some Tierra del Fuego, some South Georgia in there. It's. Thank you. Yeah, I, I'm, yeah, it's, well, Areco was a, a smaller subject, but Tierra Dentro, I'm, I'm really happy with the, the result of that book. Yeah. That's what, I don't know, maybe 17 years are put on it, mm. but not, not, of course, on and off. Are there lessons that you learned in your travels, in your photography? Yes, of course. Each travel is a new lesson. And first of all, patience. <laughs> uh, but I don't know, each people, like each place is, as I said, a new lesson. And like sometimes because uh, when I go to these places, I don't know what I'll find because like maybe somebody talked uh, talked to me about it or maybe yeah I don't know I saw a photo somewhere or, but then I get there and some places have changed or maybe the people is not the same or so it's frustrating at times and then but then I start talking to people and then somebody tells me no but you know there's a guy up in the hill like if you go walking <laughs> like five hours and then you turn to the left and of, of course you get lost in the way and, and but then you end up finding something else that totally unexpected and yeah. it's beautiful and, and I don't know so each time it's like I go looking for something that I'm not sure about like what it is but it's always an adventure and I always find something that it's worth a uh, worth while but you're open to the adventure Yes, you have to be open to the adventure and with time because these places are are like that. Uh, um, it's not. I'm not on a on 
chronogram on the hour. It's I know I take a couple of weeks to go one place and then uh, yeah, I'm open to whatever it takes me. And then another trip, maybe a month, but yeah, I'm always open. Sometimes I, I come back from a trip and I'm a little disappointed in the pho- photographs that I return with, but, but then I'm not, you know, I spend more time with them and I realize, look, you weren't there at the golden hours of the morning or the evening you were, you were traveling and you met that person. And, um, you know, there, there are rewards just for being open and being flexible in your travel. Um, yes. it's, uh, it's photography is much harder than it looks. Um, I've, I've tried doing it now for over 20 years and I'm still terrible. <laughs> but I'm so frustrated with how few of them turn out the way I, I saw them while I was there or what I had hoped for them. But, um, every once in a while, you get something magical that brings yeah. you brings you back and convinces you to carry all that gear with you again on the next trip. Yeah. Yes, like it's so frustrating at times. People that don't do photography don't know. Like think they just see the photos. Oh, great! What a lovely photo! What a lovely day! What a lovely person! But it's so frustrating at times. Maybe I go on a trip for twenty days and I get. Like one moment that I that I, I feel ecstatic, like this is the right moment, and I forget I can be in minus twenty degrees, and I I won't even feel cold, and like <laughs> this is it. But then, well, but if you're up for the adventure, and I always say that I think that I didn't choose my my profession of photography, thinking of photography itself but as an excuse or unconsciously trying to go back to those places with those people, like maybe going back to my childhood mm. uh, because I love to be there. So of course, uh, photography has been uh, such a lovely way to portray all that, that I love. Um, and uh, yeah, but I, I love the, 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 of course, photography, but I think it became into me unconsciously because of the adventure and in those places with those people. I've got a couple of photos uh, of uh, snowstorms in the middle of Patagonia. And of course I was freezing to death and Uh I was on, on the edge and people look at them and say like, Oh, what a lovely photo, but where were you? taking the photo of course <laughs> like people they, they can't imagine but you have to love adventure to love at least this kind of photography maybe you are a fashion photographer and that's a different story but yes you, you have to love adventure definitely you did a book that i really admire um called cielos patagonicos in 2011 um this one's hard to find but you're deep deep in the andes here these are places that that seem like they were only accessible on, on horseback or with crampons yeah. or snowshoes or skis on. And you must have been yeah. freezing and really suffered to bring those images to us. Yeah, on the job with my camera and in those just magnificent places and beauty, I, I don't feel about, I, I don't feel cold or, or I don't mind cold because, you know, actually my, like my family farm where, where, which I was talking about, 
is up north in a very hot place and I love hot weather. And there I am and I love Patagonia because I don't know the places and yeah. I, once I was with the BBC, they were shooting a documentary on white horses and I was doing photos on white horses. And we were in Santa Cruz, uh, close to Lago San Martin. And yeah. suddenly the, the cameraman, Toby, he started crying. And I'm like, hey, what happened? And he, he told me like, you know what, Celine? It's the most beautiful place I've ever seen. Mm. And I've traveled a lot, you know. And yeah, I mean, there's such beautiful places. Like nature is overwhelming. And speaking about Argentina, you've said... In this corner of the globe, the grandiose scenery speaks for itself. When this occurs, when beauty is so pristine and natural, the challenge of capturing a faithful image with a simple camera is immense. I stand by it. Yeah, well, I think that nature is above everything. I just try to get like, like small samples of it or small moments of its grandioseness or, but yeah, I think the perfection is just nature. And then we just, I just try, I mean, but it's where I feel also like all the, I don't know, the power in the world. I believe in nature, I don't know, in, the, in its energy, in its beauty, in, I don't know, I feel love there, yeah. in those like pristine places. It's a, it's a challenge to to transmit that power, you know, through a through an image on a screen or or in a book. Yeah, you know, you know well. You've said it before in the interview that sometimes you go back and you you think like, no, the place is much greater than than this photo. Like it's yeah, it's a challenge, definitely. I, f I feel that way about so many places in your country. But I, I feel that way about the people that I've met, too. Definitely. And sometimes, like, this kind of people um, take you back to the basics, you know? Like, nowadays, we're all running and uh, so many things, such a hustle, like, in our lives. And you go back and you have a chat with these people and have a mate. And, yeah, you realize, like, life is so much simple, like, more simpler it doesn't mean that it's easy, but it's simple. Um, what, Celine? What is your next project? I'm uh, working on a, on a book about the Andes. And are you leaving Argentina for this book? Yes, a bit of uh, Bolivia and Peru. Uh, so, so yes. Great. Yeah, I wanted to ask you, why, when did you fall in love with Latin America? Um, when I was about 13 or 14, my Spanish teacher showed me a poster of Machu Picchu. And I thought, that, that can't be real. That can't exist. And I told myself I would go there. And when my wife and I began traveling before our children arrived, we, we each took turns and we would take one month to visit a country. And she picked Italy for the first 
trip and I picked Peru for the second one. And from then on, I've just been smitten. So uh, up to four months a year throughout Latin America. Um, my daughter is, is living in Iguazu right now, my oldest daughter. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. She's wow. headed to Atacama in about a week. Uh, she's meeting my wife in Buenos Aires, and then they're going to go to the Cuyo together. And, well, uh, if they come past Salta, you should definitely, <laughs> uh, well, let me know. And okay. They can come to my house and have a mate or something. Well, they would love to have a mate. She's sort of a mate snob after spending uh, four <laughs> months in Uruguay. But um, no, they're, it's become part of our family story because we've taken them to live in every country south of Mexico, you know, for about a month at a time. And when I look over the the photos of them growing up, I think, oh, El Salvador, they were five and six then, or, oh, Brazil, that was 2018. That was, uh, you know, she was, she was 14 then. That's a lovely story. And I think that you will print in them for, for life, those experiences. I think they're ruined for a normal life. <laughs> yeah. A boring yeah, life. Really nice. You know, the, the thing I wish I could do more of in Argentina is just to visit more of the remote places, right? We have to think about, for us, it's our work to know these places. So I'm jealous of the, the time and the, the access that you have to these remote places. Um, yeah, congratulations on this life that you've created. Thanks. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty happy. I feel I'm quite blessed with it. Of course it has its rough times as well, but yeah. yes, I I'm really happy. Well, Celine, thank you so much for this time. It's it's a a pleasure to speak with you. No, thank you for this sincere uh, chat. My pleasure. If you'd like to know more about custom travel in Latin America and the Antarctic, reach out to us at landedtravel.com. Since 2006, Landed's success has been built on word-of-mouth referrals. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a minute to rate the podcast or share it with a friend. Thank you for listening.